have your Bibles, you can open them with me to Genesis, uh, the first two chapters. We're going to spend most of our uh, time later in Proverbs, but we're going to start there, and uh, I'm going to pray as we get going this morning on this Mother's Day. I'm going to talk about women and their wiring. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so uh, let's pray. <laughs> God, thanks so much for a chance to join you now in your word, and we recognize that your word is infallible, it is our guide, it is uh, you speaking to us, we believe that it's God breathed, you breathe these words through the authors, uh, and, and you intend these things to shape our lives and to set our rails, so Lord, we just want to allow that to happen, challenge us and change us, men and women in here, as we talk about this subject of women, help men to be affirming of these things, and the women in their lives, their wives, their daughters, their sisters, their friends. Help women understand your design for them uh, and to live in it because when we live in your design, things work. Uh, God is always getting me out of the way, speak in my place, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking in this series about the wiring that God has for all of us. Uh, he, uh, he is our grand designer. He has designed things to work in a certain way. Creation, all of it, is meant to function according to God's will and purposes. Uh, sin comes in in Genesis chapter 3, and it kind of messes that up uh, in, in, in great and un, unspeakable ways. Uh, but there's still this hope as we move towards uh, God's mission for us, of us realizing his design and living in it. And so we've been talking about that, about men and women, and how uh, we should function within God's design. Just along this line, you don't even have to be a Christian to believe or to understand that things are meant to function in design. That, that became <laughs> abundantly clear to me one more time this, uh, this week. As, I, uh, as I, I drove to a, a, a Firestone here in Brandon, my, my truck, I got into my truck early Monday morning, uh, started it up, uh, you know, went and did some things, and then when I uh, stopped again at my house, I went to start it again, it didn't start. So I had my neighbor jump the, the, the battery for me, and I knew I needed to get the, you know, the, to the service station so I could get it looked at. Drove it about a mile from where I live to the Firestone, that's right across from Cane's down there on 60, you've seen it, and uh, 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 got it into there and, and went in to talk to the Firestone lady about, hey, I think it's my you know, alternator. The battery's having a hard time staying charged. And so you might want to look at that. And, and we were dickering over you know, what she was going to charge me for this you know, examination. I was like, hey, can we make this work with this and this and this? When all of a sudden, all of the mechanics in the Firestone garage, that little glassed-in area, you know, they're in the, they just start running around freaking out. And one of them yelled, where's the fire extinguisher? Well, that got every, every customer in Firestone looking, Right? Because something's on fire. And so we're all looking in the garage to see the flames. Well, there weren't any flames in there. They all, all four or five of them just start running out to the parking lot, right? And for a split second, here's what I thought. Man, some poor sap's car's on fire. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute. My truck is parked in that parking lot. And so I was uh, unable to see from where I was standing at the desk. I was unable to see. What, I'd, I'd walked over to the glass uh, where I could see the parking lot. And sure enough, all the Firestone mechanics are gathered around my Honda uh, Ridgeline. And, and, and they're trying frantically to open what was now a grill. <laughs> you know, they're trying to open the lid of my trunk uh, or the hood of my truck so they could get in with the fire extinguisher. And when, as soon as they did, it was just like, you know, and, and they're putting this fire out in their smoke. I got out there just in time to kind of walk. Has anybody been in one of those things where everything goes slow motion? You're like, what is happening? I'm walking up to my truck, and I'm like, what happened to my truck? 
And they got, you know, the adrenaline of it wore off, and everybody was checking, you know, is everything here and working? And, and I was just staring at the, at the I mean, it, my engine was baked. Uh, here's what happened. You want to know what happened? The alternator uh, malfunctioned so badly that it caught on fire. It cut the entire uh, electronic wiring harness on fire, and as the fire spread down all the wires of my car into my computer and all the way around, it burnt everything that was plastic. They put all this plastic on these cars now. It burnt everything that was plastic in my engine and caught the actual engine core on fire. I had been standing at the Firestone desk for 10 minutes as my car burned. You know the only way we found out that it was on fire? Someone was passing on 60 and noticed there was smoke billowing out of this truck, turned into Firestone and said, uh, one of your cars is on fire. That's how we found out. So praise God I wasn't on the road, amen? Praise God I wasn't one of my family members. Praise, you know, all those things. Praise God for all those things. Uh, but it was just an indicator. Uh, <laughs> wasn't planning on buying a vehicle this week, but uh, I did. Um, but it was an indicator once again that if things function outside of their design, if just one part of the engine isn't firing correctly, well, everything can kind of blow up because it did Monday morning. So we've been talking about that and our wiring, and especially as men and women, how are we to function? How are we meant to function in God's design so that everything can work towards his glory the way it's meant to? Sin's made that difficult, but our mission as followers of Jesus Christ is to understand God's design for us as men and his design for us as women, and then to function in those things. And in, in, in the various environments we find ourselves, in marriage, in parenting, at our jobs, in our relationships with each other here at the church and outside of our church, we want to live according to God's design. We, we said it this way, men and women are created in the image of God to carry out the plan of God. That's abundantly clear in the, in the story of God's creation in Genesis chapter 1. It says, God said, let us, and that, uh, someone was asking me after the first service, what is that plural, us? Well, that's, that's God referring to himself in the plural. It's three in one. We, he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish and over the birds and over the livestock and over the creeping, everything. Let, let man be uh, in charge. Let him be our viceroy and let her be our viceroy. Let, let them be the imago Dei who, who is our re- representative here on earth over our creation. So God created man in his own image, it says, and in the image of God he created him. Male and hot, male and female he created them. So, so he, this isn't... Uh, some kind of tiered creation, which is sometimes what's taught in theology, is that man came first, so man is first, and man's over everybody else, and then there's woman, and then there's kids, and then there's aunt, oh, whatever. No, he said, it says there that God created them in his image, male and female. And each of us, men and women, are important uh, for God to, to uh, you know, in God's plan for us to realize his purpose for this world. So last, uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about men. We ask this question about men. What, what's God's design for men? Anybody still got their man card? Yeah, a couple of you. There's a very deep-voiced man card owner right over there. Uh, this is what we discerned that man's design was, headship. Remember we read this verse in 1 Corinthians? It says that uh, uh, you understand that the, the, the head of every man is Christ, the head of, uh, of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. This is something that gets into marriage specifically, but it's often used in teaching that, well, here's God, here's man, here's woman, and, 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 and the headship there, that's the Greek word kephale. Everybody say kephale. It's that, it's that idea that, that man is the head of woman, and so man first, woman second, 
and, and any questions. That was what some people teach. We talked about it this way, that, that man was not sent here to dominate. That he wasn't, he's, man is not here to be served by women and everybody else. Man is here, in fact, as the kefale, as the head uh, who is the brain. He is the, the director or the source of God's purposes being realized in his creation. Now, the woman plays a role in, in, in that as well. But the man's chief end is to serve God in his creation and to make sure that God's creation flourishes as a result of his work intending and obedience to God. That, that's what we're here for, fellas. Not to dominate. We're here to facilitate. That, that means if you have a wife, your mission in, in loving your wife is to make sure that she becomes everything God intends her to become. If you have kids, your, your mission as a father is to make sure that you raise those kids in the way that they should go so that they become everything that they need to become to, to glorify God. We are facilitators, not dominators. It's our headship. Today we want to talk about what God's design for women is. What's God's design for women? And we're going to find uh, that God's design for women is found uh, just like we found the men's design in, in his, uh, God's commission to men when he put Adam in the garden. We're going to find that, that God's principal design for women is also in the creation account here in Genesis chapter 2.18. The Lord God said this. Oh, and can I just say this? If the man's job or the man's mission is headship, the woman's mission is helpship. Can you put that up there? The woman's mission is helpship. No, that's not it either, but just trust me. We'll, there's a slide up there that says that. What's God's design for women? What's the next slide? No, okay, we don't have it up there. Don't worry about it. Go, go back, go... Ah, no, that's not either. Go to Genesis 2.18. Sorry, bro. Go to Genesis 2.18. I'll read it. All right. Um, is there no slide up there for that? That's okay. Then the Lord God said, it is not, everybody read this with me. It is not good that the man should be alone. Fellas, this is your shot. Is that true? Amen? Ah, that's, that, I set you up. You got you to gotta nail that on Mother's Day. All right, here we go. It is not good for the man that should be alone. And so God said, I will make him, and then ladies, read this, a helper fit for him. A helper fit for him. That's that helpship thing that we're talking about. Verse 19. So now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them and whatever the man called every living creature, that, that's what its name was. So uh, if, if you read Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that God created on subsequent days. He created the animals on a certain day. On those days, apparently, Adam hung out and God made a cow and Adam said, cow! And God made a horse and Adam said, horse. And God made this other animal and Adam's like, that's weird, platypus. We'll call that platypus. And... Uh, but he named all the animals, right? Go, go on, let's go, verse 20. Now, the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But, but here we go again. Moses, we believe, was the writer of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. This is what Moses says. But for Adam, there was not found, ladies, a helper fit for him. Okay, so here's what happened. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept... Uh, he took one of his ribs, and he closed that in its place with flesh. And verse 22 tells us uh, that the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and then he brought the woman to the man. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about the fellas. Uh, Adam actually means dirt, all right? So ladies, if you're married, you can call your fella dirt. And, uh, and, and <laughs> ladies, you were created from Adam's rib. 
And so, fellas, you can call your wife Rib. So when you introduce each other at parties, this is Rib, I'm Dirt, where's the drinks? All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> so from this Rib, uh, woman is created. That's what woman means. It means basically from man, woman. And so uh, uh, God takes from man a Rib and creates woman. For what purpose? To be a suitable helper for him. Now, here we go. A lot of pastors have taken this verse and said, well, see, there you go. There's the tears again. Head, uh, you know, feet. Women, you know, they're, they're the servants of the head. Uh, uh, we are first. Women are second. Uh, we are the helpy. She is the helper. All right? And a, a chauvinistic approach to theology can, can take headship and, 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 and head it in directions it was never meant to go. Uh, again, you've got to understand this word for helper in the Hebrew, to understand what, what God is saying here when he says we need, that the man should not be alone and that he needs a helper fit for him. This, uh, this Hebrew word helper is the, is the Hebrew word ezer. Everybody say ezer. Ezer is, is the Hebrew word for help, and it's used often in the Old Testament in deference to God and his relationship with mankind in general. Like Moses, there's lots of different places we could have gone to, but Moses had two sons. He named the first one Gershom, and here in, uh, in Exodus 18, chapter, verse, or chapter 18, verse 4, uh, it tells us that he named his second son, and they used all kinds of names back then as symbolic uh, reminders of history, of their, of their experiences. And his second son, uh, Moses, named Eliezer. Azer is the word help. Eli, or El, is the, is the Hebrew word for God, like Elohim, or El Shaddai, immigrant, remember her? Anyway, inside. All right, uh, Eliezer was this kid's name. And what does this kid's name mean? Well, parenthetically, uh, the book of Exodus tells us. He said, uh, the God of my father was my help, and God delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. That's why God, or that's why God led Moses to name his son Eliezer, as a reminder of God's help. Uh, we, we know from other places in the scripture that God is our, our help, our very present help in a time of need. It's this idea of Azer. And so, Here's what you got to understand, ladies. When you hear that you're a helpmate, don't be like, <clears throat> it sounds like I'm, 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 I'm subject or I'm subordinate and that man is, is ultimate. That, that's not what it's saying here at all. In fact, when, when God said it is not good for man to be alone, here's what you got to think. It's not good that we leave the guys here by themselves to run stuff. <laughs> okay, the creations is going to start smelling like a locker room. All right? Nothing's going to get clean. Nothing's going to be run correctly. This guy, this, and this is before sin, by the way. God says this about Adam. He says, this guy needs help. Fellas, we need help, right? And so God in his, his triune existence, don't forget that God exists in perfect relationship with himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, perfect coexistence, co-eternal uh, co-beneficial, they love each other. And, and so he says, you know what, if we're going to create in our image, we need to create, well, different sides of us, complementary parts of us. And that and if we have male and female, if we have man and woman, then we can run this thing the way that we're supposed to run this thing. Then we'll have the fullness of our image in, in humanity. So we're going to create differences between the sexes. We're going to have genders. We're going to have male. We're going to have female. And together they're going to come together. And this is going to be good. That's what he said at the end of creation. He created male and female, and he said, man, this is very good. Day six, and then he rested. 
And he created women because men need help. The kind of help that is like necessary help. Not like the kind of help that just kind of stands there. You know, like some of the people who work on the side of the road. Anybody seen the dude leaning on the shovel while the other one guy's down the hole? That's not the kind of help we're talking about. Not just the, you know, the, uh, you know, wait until I need you. When I say jump, you say how high help, right? I'm talking about the kind of help that I can't carry what I'm carrying. And if you don't come and do something about that, I'm dropping this. That's the kind of help that women are meant to give to men, that men are meant to give to women, that, that together, not just in marriage, but in, in existence. It's not meant to be, you know, one sex winning over the other. There's not meant to be domination in feminism or domination in chauvinism. There's meant to be this, this working together for the good of God and his creation. That's how it's supposed to roll, right? So, just to be clear, this is how God made us. He made us woman, and he made us man. And we are meant as like complementary angles to come together so that... That was going to be so slick, too. So that the fullness of the Imago Dei can be realized in, in us, the genders. And the dominion that we are meant to have together can be served and God's glory can be realized, right? Now, what has sin done? It has taken us and it's torn us apart, right? And now there's all of this going on. And our mission as the church is to bring this back together the way God designed it so things can be as God intended. Are you with me? Fun with poster board. So fellas, I'm going to talk about ladies for the next couple weeks. Here's your mission as you listen to me talk about them. First of all, no elbows, no grunts, mm-hmm, nothing like that, all right? In fact, just like I asked you ladies, as we talked about the men, to be encouragers and to be expectors. Don't forget, ladies, if you're waiting for some guy to be a part of your life, if that's, if that's your hope, and 90-something percent of us in our culture will marry someday, uh, if, that's, if that's what you're waiting for, then expect the kind of man that God would have a man be. Don't settle, all right? But here's the deal, fellas. As you, as you consider the ladies in your life, whether it's your wife, whether it's your daughter, I'm, I'm graduating my last kid, my last daughter, is going to graduate in a couple weeks, and I'm still thinking through my head, what do I got to tell Kai? Not, not that she's never going to come back again. I hope you come back wherever she is. Anyway, but, uh, but she's going to go off to college. What do, what do I want to instill in her? What do I want to esteem in her as she leaves? What are the, I want her to know everything that I can share with her as her dad about what it is to follow God. I, I want to encourage her, and I want to enable her. This is the big thing for us, fellas. Sometimes uh, we can kind of be... Uh, an unwanted clog in the flow of God's grace to our family and to our women. All right, because we can just not be caring about, uh, you know, making sure that she flourishes or that our daughters have all that. We get consumed with all the other things. We become disablers of God's vision and hope for our, for our ladies. And, and this is what I want you to understand. These are the things that your women are meant to become if they're not there already. And so I want you to encourage these things in your ladies. I want you to get out of the way if you're in the way, and enable them to become all that God wants them to become. All right, let's talk about some things. Uh, move forward in your Bibles as we uh, finish up today. It's going to kind of be a two-parter. We're going to finish this up next week, uh, talking more with you ladies about the things that God has for you. But I thought if we were going to talk about how uh, God wired women to function in their headship, we'd go to uh, Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is this, if, if you've been around the Bible for a while, 
Uh, it's this, it's this uh, description, starting in verse 10, uh, of, of what God would uh, esteem an ideal lady to be. I mean, there's probably more things you could say about women in the other parts of Scripture, but, but here in these 21 verses, there's just a lot of great things for a woman to desire in her life uh, based on this poem about this, this woman here in, in Proverbs 31. Uh, it was a poem uh, uh, that was actually recited at uh, Jewish Sabbath dinners. So Sabbath started Friday night at 6, now they would eat the meal, and then the kids and maybe even the father would stand up, and they would actually recite this over the woman of the house as a, remi- a weekly reminder to the woman. This is, this is how you're supposed to be. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it, was, uh, it was built in acrostic form. It's actually the Hebrew alphabet from not A to Z, but from, from, from basically the beginning of the Hebrew alphabet to the end. Every line starts with another letter, so it was easy for these kids to remember. A is for apple, B is for boy, Right? And so they would recite this on the Sabbath di- uh, dinner night uh, as a reminder to, to the ladies in the house that this was, this was the design and the desire that God has for women. And so we're going to just uh, pop through a bunch of these things, ladies. Uh, and let me say this. We're going to talk about this next week. Uh, th- there's a lot of pressure in, in, in our, in, I'm not a woman, uh, but I can sense that uh, a lot of times you can, you can see this, this list of, of ultimates and feel like, oh, I'm not that, I'm inferior. Uh, you, you spend a lot of time, you know, trying to measure up to things. I'm not trying to beat anybody up or to, or to make anybody feel inferior. But we do want to, when we come to God's word, understand what his purpose and design is for us and to live according to these things. So if you're hitting like two of these and not all, all of them, hey, yay God for the two and let's work on the other ones. Are you with me? But no one walks out of here feeling like, I stink. I'll never be as good as Eleanor. He talked about Eleanor. She's awesome. <laughs> all right? Are you with me, ladies? No comparisons this morning. Let's just hear from God what he wants us to be, and let's work towards it. Amen? All right, here we go. First thing I'd say from this text about the helpship of a woman is if you're a married woman, we're not going to spend all of our morning talking about married uh, situations, but if you are married, uh, a woman should be a blessing to her husband. You, you can fulfill your helpship by being a blessing to your husband. Some of you are like, check. All right. Ask him. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Verse 10 says this. An excellent wife. Who can find? You know what sin brought about? It brought about the rarity of the fulfillment of God's purposes in male and females. Basically, it's hard to find someone who's, who's knocking it out of the park the way God designed us to be. Why? Because sin is so powerful, right? Like the default setting for most guys is bozo. Like we're bozos, Right? And if, and if by God's grace we move anywhere north of Bozo, it's not because we were great, it's because he was great. Fellas, testify, anybody with me? Now, the, whatever the equivalent, uh, you know, feminine equivalent of Bozo is, unfortunately, that's where women start. They, they start racked with sin, racked with self. And, and, and so Solomon, or uh, you know, whoever wrote this, Lemuel, anyway, whoever wrote this says, an excellent wife, where can you find one of those? All the good ones are... Taken, well, that's the ones who are married. Anyway, um, it says she is far more precious than jewels. She's this rare gem. Now, he's going to go on to describe this rare gem. He he starts with this. Listen, this rare gem, this woman, this excellent woman, she has the heart of her husband. Her husband trusts in her. And and because he trusts in her, don't, don't miss the correlation there, because he has this intimacy with his wife, he has the trust of his wife, and, and, he, and he lives trusting his wife with his stuff. 
Because that's happening, the relationship flourishes, and therefore he prospers and flourishes. It actually says that uh, he, he lacks uh, no gain, that he has no lack of gain. You know what that word gain in? It's, it's plunder. It was actually used of the treasure in like pirate ships and stuff like that. He's got plunder. He's got, I almost said booty, but that's not, that's not what I was going to, I guess I did. Anyway, um, but he's got all this, everything's coming together in his life. Why? Because he and his wife have established this trust. Now what Fellas, you know, you could share this with your wives. And guys, you know, just ladies, understand that guys have a hard time, uh, you know, putting emotions into words and things like that. But we know when, when we have, uh, when it's safe in our house. For some of you guys, it's not safe in your house. Like, you don't feel the liberty to fail. Because if you do fail, guess who's going to point it out? The woman sharing the bed with you. And she's not just going to point it out She's going to remind you of it over and over. Like, she's going to remember it, filed away, and then when she's losing a fight in 2015, your big mess up in 2004, it's back in play. This is not what God esteems, in men or women, but especially in us as wives. Wives, you want to create and cultivate the kind of trust in your relationship where the man feels like, hey, I can mess up, I can learn, I can, I can move forward. She's going she's gonna to speak to me in a way that esteems me and doesn't disrespect me. She's not going to mother me. I see this all the time. I, I meet couples and they say, well, these are our three kids, and here's my fourth kid, it's my husband. Has anybody ever noticed, like in cartoons, the man is always the biggest dodo? We, there's like a Homer Simpsoning of, of the entire male culture right now. And it's because... The masculinity is, is, is equivalent with stupidity. And this helpmate thing, you know, ladies are all compensating for the, for, the, for the boys that shave that they're married to. And that's not how this is supposed to work. Now, granted, there are some people, guys out there, who are boys who shave. And if that's you fellas, grow up. Don't let your wife mother you. But ladies, if, if you're treating your, your husband like one of the kids, here's what's going to happen. He's either going to become so passive that he's going to withdraw from the relationship, it's not going to be a success. Or he's going to be so angry over your critiques and your constant badgering that it's going to inflame him and there will never be peace in your home. It's got to be a safe place. The heart of, the, the heart of her husband trusts her. She, she does him good, it says in verse 12, and not harm all the days of her life. She's, she's not constantly badgering him. <laughs> Proverbs has these, all, all these great verses on men and women and their foibles, but, but here's some great correlations for, for this kind of uh, a wife, someone who is constantly critiquing and criticizing and disrespecting. It says, a foolish son is a ruin to his father. We'll get to that some other day. Uh, and a wife quarreling is a, continually, or a continual dripping of rain. That's Proverbs 19. You know what that is? It's waterboarding. If, if, if you're a wife who constantly quarreling there is basically picking and nitpicking and critiquing and ding, 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 you never, you always, you never, you always, right? If you're that wife, it's like your husband's strapped to the board and he's just going, <laughs> come back up for air, <laughs> right? Or it's like Chinese water torture. You're strapped to the board and it's just a drip. Bing, bing, bing. Fellas, testify. How about this one? Proverbs 21, it's better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a household 
shared with a quarrelsome wife. Here's the deal, fellas. You've had these days. I'm just going to get a tent. I'm going to go live on my roof. I would, live, I would rather live on my roof than under the roof with you. How about this one? It is better, verse 19 of chapter 21 in Proverbs, it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. This is basically the choice that a man faces sometimes. I can stay here and I can keep getting what I've been getting, or I could just walk out into the desert. Just keep going. I know I'm going to die. But that seems better than staying here. God's got a great sense of humor, doesn't he? He talks about these things in ways that we can laugh, but don't miss the seriousness of them. Ladies, you have, you're, they're the thermostats of your home. You, you, you get to determine what temperature your home is. You get to determine, in great parts, what temperature your relationship with your husband is. I was talking to a wife just earlier, and she says, but he's a jerk. He keeps saying this thing. Hey, listen, <laughs> if you're a jerk back to a jerk, two jerks don't make a non-jerk. I don't know how to... Uh, Whenever somebody's saying, I do this because he does this, and they end up in my office counseling, you know what my favorite counseling question is? Hey, how's that working for you? Well, it's not. Well, here's why. Someone's got to put on the big boy or big girl pants and stop being a jerk. And ladies, if that's, if that's you, if you say, well, I'm doing this because he's doing this, well, I can't stop him doing that. You stop doing what you're doing by the grace of God and see if that doesn't change how he reacts to you. Are you with me? That's for you fellas too, by the way. Everybody do your part and don't react to theirs. Got an anonymous email this week. Great sermon, Mark. Two weeks ago on the man card, I needed to hear it. Although I'm not thrilled that it gave my wife another hammer to swing at me. (laughs) Couple questions. How do I respond when my wife uses the biblical perfect husband against me and is fantastic at reminding me of how much I stink, he used a different word, at being a Christian husband, a father, and a spiritual leader. How do I avoid being reminded by my wife several times a day over the past two weeks about my man card? He goes on, there's more. If, if you wrote this email, fellow, I'm sure there's things you need to change. But uh, whoever the wife is, you weren't paying attention when I said be an encourager, Right? Be someone who, listen, it, it's so much of I'm going to run out of time. It, so much of it is, is speaking in a way that a guy can hear you. So uh, make it a safe place in your home. Let's keep going. A woman helps by serving hard. Look what it says here. It says she seeks wool and flax and works uh, with willing hands. She's a worker. She's not afraid of work. She's, she's going to do everything that she can, uh, you know, t- to serve her, uh, her family. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She's willing to go to great lengths, great distances to provide for her family. Verse 15, she uh, rises while it is yet night and she provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. There's no clock on her service. It's not like, I'm out, I'm done. Whatever needs to be done, a woman who is living in God's helpship, who is living according to God's design, is a servant of others, not a soaker from others, a servant of others. I love that the women in our church get this. So many of you, I mean, I could just, I'm looking in faces, I could just rattle off names and ways that I've seen you up here serving in ministry. I, I know in your families, like I know my wife, Eleanor, I'll tell stories about her. Uh, she's my only wife. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> we, we, uh, we kind of took this young lady, Chelsea, she's our daughter now, we love her like a daughter, but she came into our house, and when she came to us, she didn't have a license, she didn't have a social security card, she didn't have a job, she was just 
She just came to us. And so, uh, did you know you need a license to get a Social Security card and a Social Security card to get a license? That's kind of fun. That was a fun week. Anyway, so with the help of lots of people in the Women's Resource Center here and lots of others, we started kind of piecing together her life. And so we got her a couple different jobs. And she started working in the days at Pinch and Penny. And she started working nights at, at Chili's. And she would serve as the hostess at this Chili's down by the mall. And, uh, and, and so she'd get out of work at like 1, 1.30 in the morning on Saturday nights. Guess who preaches Sunday mornings? And so I was like, babe, you know, I'll go get her if you want me to. But, you know, I got to preach and that whole thing, and, and, and Eleanor said, think nothing of it, she, and Eleanor's an early riser, she gets up like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, almost every morning, and so she would go to bed at 10, set her alarm for 1, and then roll out of bed to go get this girl who didn't have a car and a license yet, so that she could get back from this job, uh, so that, you know, and, and, and did it without, listen, this is the big thing, I love this about you ladies, you'll do it without complaining, you're just like, yeah, that's what we do, we serve, not all of you, but a lot of you, and that's how it's supposed to be, Women and, and men, we talked about that, that men are supposed to work. Women are, are, are the same. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to take everything that God have us, has given us and employ it for his glory so that he gets everything that he deserves from us. Thirdly, um, need to go to the next blank. I'm in, I'm in here. If, if employed, here's the next thing that we talk about. If employed, a woman helps by taking care of business. And a lot of us, this is so great. It was written thousands of years ago, but it applies to women in these days because more and more of us, uh, more and more of the ladies here in our church are in the, are in the, are in the, are in the work world. And, and so this has great things to say about how you, you, you work. This is, what, this is what this woman did outside her house. She considers a field and she buys it. And then the fruit of her hand, she plants in a, in a vineyard. She basically says, hey, that can increase our take as a family. And so she invests. And she doesn't just invest, she, she envisions how we can take this investment and, and, and make more from it. When, when we were first married, Eleanor stayed home. We had three kids in 33 months. We figured out what was causing it and we stopped it. But, um, <laughs> but we had those three kids right away. And so she stayed home with our kids. I know some of you, you don't have the luxury of doing that or you, that's not something that God's called you to. Don't, I'm not judging on that. But she stayed home. She didn't work. She was totally capable degreed and all that stuff, but she stayed home with her kids. But she didn't want to just be, in her words, a taker. She didn't want to just be a consumer. She wanted to be a contributor. And so she started figuring out ways that even as she stayed home with her kids, she could contribute to the overall take home of our home. And she started this thing called the 3C plan. She started looking for coins on the street and anywhere else she could find them, uh, coins, cans, and caps, hubcaps. And she would take the coins, obviously throw them in a big you know, jar that we had, take the, uh, the cans and turn them in for whatever she could get you know, for aluminum. And then she would take hubcaps and she would sell hubcaps. She would, she would pull our van off, like on, you know, <laughs> lock up the brakes and run back on the highway to grab a hubcap on the side of the road because she could get like five bucks from this hubcap house in Dallas there. And uh, in about eight months, she'd, she'd run up about 800 bucks collecting coins, cans, and caps. And then we blew it on a minivan. But... Uh, um, but that, that's, that's the mentality that, 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 that a godly woman of helpship has. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take care of business. I'm going to look for opportunities so that uh, there, there's more. She says in verse 17, she says, uh, that's, uh, that says that she dresses herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. She goes to the gym. Is that what she's you know, talking about? No, uh, no, this is talking about the fact that she's willing to do whatever it takes. She's done so much that she's now buff because of how hard that she's worked. God wants men and women to be starters and finishers. He wants us to be diligent, whether it's in our home or outside of our home. We're trying to teach our daughter Kai to, to make it all the way to the dishwasher with a dish. Is anybody still teaching this one? <laughs> right? Like, like, just get there. You know, because it, 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 it goes in increments. It'll start here, and it'll make it to the counter. Hey, 
Good job. And then from the counter to beside the sink, which, by the way, is right next to the dishwasher. And all you got to do is this and boom, boom, right? But here's, and she, you know, they're all, I'm sure she's over there being like, <laughs> but isn't that all of us? Don't do a half job. Do the full job. Be diligent. Provide. It'll keep you from focusing on self and keep you focused on others. A woman who helps uh, can help by, uh, I'm going to go to the next one, keep going. A woman helps by seeing and meeting needs. Look at this verse. This is verse uh, 21, yeah, verse 20. She says uh, that, that this woman, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Yeah, so she's taking care of her home. She's taking care of her business outside of the home, and she still has an eye for other ways that she can help. I'm so grateful to be in a church that, that has this at its heart. You know, there's a bunch of ladies. I'm going to list them all. Uh, there was Cindy and Sheila and Jonna and Helen and Susan and Esther and some other ladies, too, who looked at our backyard here and said, hey, we got all this dirt. What can we do with it? And they said, hey, what if we planted a bunch of gardens? We just put a bunch of you know, produce in some gardens, and we tended it and came up here and did all that work. I mean, what if we gave all that, that produce away to food banks in our area? And, and that's just how we leveraged God's dirt here at Bay Life Church. Well, they did that. Have you been back there? we got a gazebo now. Woo-woo, right? And there's all these plots, 100 plots of gardens that are uh, servicing the community, bringing the community here into our church when we're not even having church. And then there's all these plots that all they're for is just to make sure that there's fresh produce at all these food banks so that people can go get them. Who did that? The women! The women who saw needs and said, hey, let's meet them. Uh, a woman who functions inside a helpship is a woman... Uh, who helps by being prepared with wisdom. Keep going. Yeah, a woman helps by being prepared with wisdom. This is one of my favorites. This is what it says in verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Did you get that, ladies? She laughs at the time to come. You know what that means? The future? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, sorry. That was a little weird. She's not fretting about the future. She's like, bring it. I'm confident. At the end of this, we're going to find out that she... She's not into her beauty or her vanity. She's not into charm and, you know, it's deceitful and all those things. But she says, I fear God. And because I fear God, I trust in him. And when my future is before me, I'm not fearful. I'm not fretting what's going to happen with my kids. I'm, not, I'm just like, hey, bring it. The future's coming. I laugh. I laugh because of my confidence in God. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue here on Mother's Day, let me give a shout out to my mom. My mom is still one of the wisest advisors of my life. She says the greatest things at the right times, right? She'll come to me, and one of her favorite sayings is, this too shall pass. Anybody got a mom in their life saying that to you? Because you'll come to them and be like, oh, I'm freaking out, I don't know, I'm going to do this house. And, blah, 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 blah. and then she looks at you and she squares you up. She, doesn't do, she used to do this when I was a kid. She grabbed me by the jaw. Anybody ever that mom that grabbed her by the jaw? Boom. And she says, she just drops the nuggets. Here it is. Hey, Mark, this too shall pass. Settle down, buddy. This will all be over soon. Let's get through it. You're right, Mom. You know what her, her favorite question is? What is truth? Because I'll come to her, blah, 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 blah. This guy's doing this. This is happening at the church. I don't know what's going on with Eleanor, blah, 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 blah. And she'll say, hey, Mark, what's truth? What's the truth in this situation? Get rid of the stress and all the what ifs and could be's and I thinks and just ask yourself, what's truth? That's a woman of God right there. Squaring up the pastor, saying, hey, bro, what are you doing? Ladies, I pray that you're the, the voice of wisdom in your home. 
that when everything else is going blah, 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 that you are the stabilizer, the rails that God's wisdom can run on. In summary, here's the deal. This lady rocks, and the people around her know it. Look what it says. She looks well to the ways of her household. It's kind of in summary of everything that we've read, and we didn't get to read all of it. But she, she's, listen, she's taking care of those around her. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She is working this thing. And what does it say about her kids? Here on Mother's Day, here's what her kids say. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Mom, you rock. And her husband, same deal. He, he play, praises her and lauds her, and this is what he says. And fellas, here's what I want to say. Oh, we're going to read this together as the men in our church. This is what we hope from our women. Many women have done excellently. Come on, fellas. But you surpass them all. I want you to be able to look your wife in the face. I want you to be able to look your kid, your daughter in the face. I want you, this, these are the things I want you to be able to say to your, your, your women. It says in verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Oh, may God lead us all into his design. Amen? May we as men operate like we're supposed to in our headship. May you ladies operate as you're supposed to in your helpship. Not as a, as a subordinate, but as an equal. As someone who is bringing what God has uniquely designed you to do in your world uh, to the table so that everything can work together for his good. That's my prayer for us all. We'll talk more about this next week. You guys have a great Mother's Day. Make sure you sign up for those, class, or those uh, servant opportunities. I'll pray for us, and then I'll let you go. Let me pray. Hey, God, thanks so much for a, an opportunity to just talk briefly about uh, this amazing creation of yours that is women. And, and the things that you have designed them to do and be. Uh, Lord, we want to, as, as men, we want to live according to your will. And Lord, I pray that uh, the women in our church would function in ways, God, that would glorify and honor you. And that together we would come as we were originally intended. And we would be the agents uh, on this earth uh, that you meant us to be. That we would serve you uh, as, as we come together in our homes and in this church, in our workplaces, in our life groups. That we would honor you as men and women. In the, in the roles that you've given us. Uh, use us for your glory. Bless the moms today, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. If you're new, I'll be over here. Come and say hi. Otherwise, happy Mother's Day.